0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. People in 1982, uh, sorry, 1978, Pastor Theo and Bev started a church in Bedford View and that is the church that Pastor Richard and Pastor Esther got born again in. Gave their lives to Jesus and started serving God. And shortly after that, we joined the church as well. And uh, we've been part of that organization for a long time. But a whole generation ago now, it's quite incredible that it's a generation. But we've been along with uh, Pastor Richard and Esther now for just about 40 years we've known them. And it's been a phenomenal journey of friendship. They're actually part of our family. you know. And I want you to know that You guys are also part of our family because you are all an extension of of them. But I'd like to send congratulations from Pastor Theo and Beverly to you, Pastor Richard and Esther. They send their heartiest congratulations and well done. You've achieved 25 years. Congratulations. It is a phenomenal achievement. (laughs) Phenomenal. There's... It's, it's the way that we say it sometimes in the States. They're so stinking proud of you. <laughs> They're just so incredibly uh, blessed. But I also want to send from uh, Pastor uh, Andre and Christine Wilmans. They also say congratulations and send their heartiest congratulations. Also from Bill and Anise, uh, Annette Weiss from California. Send their love to you. Some of you might know them. They were the people that produced a book called 23 Minutes in Hell. Um, and they they send their love as well, and then also from Chattanooga, some of the churches there that we attended send their love as well. Pastor Chad uh, Terry and Kay Harris send their love as well. So congratulations, Fields Church, on 25 years of excellent ministry. And you know what? The best is yet to come. You guys are a light in this community. You're going to make a difference in this community, and some of you are going to go forward. All the people that are part of the uh, backup teams, everybody, sound, everything, you're going to do great things. This is just the start.
1: Amen. So when I was 12 years old, which was a few years ago, I had a guitar, and I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And I was put into the worship team because I was a little young for the older the older worship team. And my guitar had these words, praise the oh, OR. The RD was gone. So we'd always just declare, praise the Lord, because the RD was always gone. So that's a funny thing that we share. But you know what's so amazing about Pastor Rich and Pastor Esther? All those years ago, they clung onto the Word of God. And the Word of God is never, ever changing. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I was chatting with my son David recently, and he says, do you know, Mom, that Christianity is one of the oldest religions in the world. In fact, it was from Abraham. I said, you got it, my boy. You got it. And that's the God we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who never changes. He's the same, and he's right here in Ipswich. My daughter said to me, We're going all the way to Ipswich. It's a line from a movie. So, yep, we're in Ipswich, and we're so blessed to be here, and we're so super proud of you and so thankful for our Lord God who has made a way for you and these amazing people to spread the word of God, the everlasting God, and he's here with you to meet with you, to love on you, And keep up the good work, because what you're doing right now is something that happens everywhere in the world. So you're not alone. When you feel alone, no, you're not alone. There's many people that feel like you in that moment Push through, just like Pastor Rich and Esther have done. They've pushed through all these years, and we salute you. Thank you.
0: We love you all so
2: much. (laughs) And there's another couple of special people, um, Steve and Rachel Morstan. Uh, f- yeah, thank you. You can do... It's just one of you. that You've got one cheerleader anyway. That's good to know. She's my cheerleader as well. All the way from Soul Church, I'm not going to mention the town again. Is that all right? Because they're now in Ipswich. They're now in blue territory. But um, over the last nearly two years, uh, we've engaged their services to come alongside myself and Esther to coach and equip us and help us and mentor us over the last two years to help us with some of the aspects of ministry that we weren't so brilliant at. And and they're just amazing. They've got an amazing ministry. They minister mainly to pastors and churches that maybe are struggling and need help. So they love the body of Christ. So we're very honored. We're really honored to have you here with us today. So can we give them a big warm welcome? If you would like to come up? I'm going to pray for you. That's it. Bless your hearts. He's too tall to hug, isn't he? (laughs) Hug up here. I keep, you know, I want to bring one of those little step ladders and step on it. But it's a bit embarrassing. He could kneel, couldn't he? Uh, And I could go like that to him. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. You know, loving Jesus is all about having fun as well. Do you know that? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these precious couple. Thank you, Father God, that they love Jesus with all of their heart. They love the church with all of their heart. They love churches, not just their own church, but other churches where they minister the word of grace, the word of love, and encourage pastors to grow in their gifting and their calling, and encourage churches also to stimulate growth. So, Father, I thank you that I believe they've both got a word in season for us as a church, for you as individuals, and I pray your blessing, your anointing upon them now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Thank you, Pastor Richard and Esther. Can I just say, when we came alongside you, you weren't struggling. You have been strong pastors for many years. You have got a heart for God like not many people I've seen. A deep passion for people like not many pastors I've seen. That regardless of health, regardless of what comes across your path... My parents were pastors. My, oh, they still are. They, they were the founding pastors of my grandparents. And I know what a challenge it can be at different seasons, and especially your own son and daughter in law moving out. When it looks like things are different to what you expected, can I say that you are the most godly couple? You are strong, and your best days are ahead. I absolutely believe that. And a testimony to that is also the amount of people in this room that love you and honor you across the generations. So can we please stand for a moment and can we honor these incredible pastors for all of they've sown and their love? Yes, we give glory to God, but we honor Richard and Esther. May their days be many as they enter this new land and this new season. May they be strong. May they constantly know the right path to take. May many be in their slipstream. May they raise up many sons and daughters from this place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Richard and Esther. We love you. Thank you for loving us. And you always make us sound better than we are. It's been very encouraging to us. Are you ready for God to speak to you? You're all ready. God's got a word this morning. Steve and I were praying last night and praying in the car this morning. We believe we've got a word for the right people in the right place at the right time. And it's a word for Fields Church, but it's a word for you as individuals. You did an amazing job leading worship, Kim and E and the team. Whether you're on the front, whether you're on the back, whether you've been here right from the very beginning, or whether you're fairly new to the journey God's got something for each one of you this morning. So are you ready for God to speak to you? We need to open our hearts because that's where everything changes from the inside out. It's where our hearts can be open or they can be cluttered with everything that's gone on this week. Sometimes our hearts can get a bit hard with all the disappointments and everything that's going on in our world. But I pray right now that God, Spirit of God, will open your heart. And can you whisper, speak, Lord? Whisper out loud, speak, Lord. I'm listening. I'm listening. Can we pray for you as you get ready to receive his word? Lord, I thank you. Maybe put your hand on your heart. I thank you for every individual from the youngest to the oldest. Whether we're visiting or whether we've served you for many years, I pray right now as your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it helps us interpret what's going on in our hearts. So right now, we give you permission to speak to our hearts like no one else can. Pray you'd speak to our context individually as couples, as individuals, as families, and as a church. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your word that will not return void and will change lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Amen. So Pastor Richard, you're asked to, they asked us to share a message, so I'm going to kick off and then I'm going to hand back to Rach. You're already thinking she's way better than him, aren't you? So uh, don't <laughs> worry, she will get back up in just a moment but it is actually our honor to be here it's our honor to be here in what is a very significant occasion of 25 years of ministry and to judge the caliber of this couple and their leadership you simply have to look at this platform a dynamic team of young musicians that are just going for it I think you are blessed in this church with an emerging generation who are pretty amazing, aren't they? I mean, look, just look at Josh, just, just for one person. Do you, do you know how some people annoy you because they're so good at everything? <laughs> All right, he, he can lead and speak. <clears throat> he can, uh, he's good at sport, he's a tennis coach, and now he's got a girlfriend. I mean, he can do the lot. <laughs> how good is that? Not only a girlfriend, but a lovely girlfriend. So you've done very well. Who thinks Josh has done well? There he is. Welcome to the Overachievers Club. So you judge a couple by their by their fruit. And let me tell you, you know, when you look at Stuart and Sarah and what a huge blessing they've been to our church and to us personally. So thank you for your generosity as, as a church. These two are world class in their own right, and they've been a huge blessing to us. But when we've as we've got to know them over Two years, once a month, we click onto Zoom once you get it right. And uh, we're on Zoom together, and we really do get insights into their hearts. And all they talk about is how much they love Jesus and how much they love you. I don't think I've ever met anyone quite as passionate about Jesus and building the church at the age that you two are. It hasn't dimmed. They haven't got jaded. They've, they've come through with even more passion now than probably when they started. And I think just to survive ministry for 25 years without a moral scandal in one church is an unbelievable achievement. So I want to honor you two for being the real deal, the real deal. And it's actually a huge honor to be here. I consider you, we laughed about your height. I consider you to be a man of incredible stature. I genuinely do. You're a giant in the kingdom of God. And so I, I feel like my life has been richer for meeting you, Richard. I always feel encouraged, always feel inspired when I talk to you. And I hope that when I'm your age, I shine like you shine for Jesus. So come on, one more time. Why don't we thank them? We're going to turn to God's word. The scripture we want to share from, it comes from Isaiah chapter 6. Feel free to open your Bibles. If not, I believe some of the scriptures will come up online. This is God's word. These are not my words. It's powerful. It's life-changing. You you might be absolutely brand new to church. This might be your first or your second time. Friend, you're not here by accident. We want to welcome you. It's great to have you. You may not understand everything, but please understand that God is here and he loves you. In Isaiah 6, verse 1, it starts with these words, in the year that King Uzziah died. And some of you are thinking, who the heck is Uzziah? We're going back to around 700 BC, well, nearly 800 BC, and Israel's king was named Uzziah. And from the age of... 16 to about 66, he reigned as king over the nation, and he was one of the rare good kings. He did a great job, and under his leadership, Israel prospered. Prospered. Uzziah means this the Lord is my strength. And under his leadership, Israel as a nation was strengthened, it went forwards but reflected the anxiety of a nation. That said, in the year that King Uzziah died, it was a time of anxiety, it was a time of worry. What is the future going to hold? Because our king has died. Last week, the Collins English Dictionary released their Word of the Year. Did any of you, any of you see that? Every year, they they release a word, choose one word. That came onto the scene that sums up and captures a whole year in our nation. It was really fascinating. Let me tell you some of, the, some of the words that were in the running, and then I'll tell you the word that was chosen. Some of you know this already, but here's some of the new words that captured 2022. Here's one, quiet quitting. People that resigned their jobs, left all across the world just quietly that's it i'm done here's another word interesting one kiev we used to know it as kiev didn't we that's the russian but we now politically correct we we say kiev here's another one another word that was nearly chosen party gate remember that but of all the words that could have been chosen let me tell you the word that was chosen to define 2022 in britain here it is perma crisis Perma crisis. What does that mean? It's two words mixed together. Perm meaning permanent, not hair, permanent. Permanent crisis. Because our nation has gone from crisis to crisis. In the year that Queen Elizabeth died, and we had three prime ministers in three months, in the year when the extreme left and the extreme right has started to rise, and we are undoubtedly in a political crisis, which comes off the back of COVID, which was a health crisis. Remember that? Last time I was here, there was little symbols, wasn't there? You could sit according to red, amber, and green. Remember being in COVID in a lockdown? It was a health crisis. And then came the Ukraine war. It was a global crisis, which affected the price of oil and gas, which became a cost of living and economic crisis. We have gone from crisis to crisis to crisis. We're in a perma crisis. And that's nothing to do with what's going on in your life, your family, your situation. And I'm sure there are some of you that have been facing battles this year like you've never faced. Maybe it's a marriage crisis. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe it's a health crisis or a mental health crisis. Some of you this year have faced unbelievable challenges. I mean, just this week in my life, on Monday, I was, Tuesday, I was driving into work and called my sister to check in on her, see how she was. The next 45 minutes, it hit me. Here we go again. See, she suffered starting 25 years ago with a postpural psychosis. It was the worst that had ever been seen in British history. To giving birth to her first child as a result, her husband left her. She was really supernaturally healed. And for 20 years, just against what doctors said, she lived a normal life. But four, four years ago, Menopause came on and she crashed and ended up back in a psychiatric ward. And if any of you have ever seen someone in a psychosis and in a psychiatric ward, it's incredibly distressing. Me and my sister are really close. There's actually only nine months between us, Esther. How many know moms that's close? We were both born in 1969. Some of you are like, <laughs> I was two months premature and I was still eight pounds. They said I would have been 13 to 15 pounds if I'd gone full, t- I'm a big boy. So I've always felt really close to my sister, and then three years ago, again, she, she crashed. And then six months ago, she crashed and took six people to escort her into a psychiatric ward. And then on Monday, I, Tuesday, I called her and I checked the text and, and knew if her sleep is deprived. That's her trigger. I thought, all right, that's it. By the end of the weekend, I'm probably going to be back in County Durham. I didn't know whether I'd be able to be here looking after her. How many know sometimes a crisis can just hit? Some of you have been facing your own crisis. I'll tell you in just a few moments what happened with my sister. But firstly, what do you do when you're in a perma crisis? What do you do? Who do you turn to? Where do you run? Where do you go? Isaiah 6.1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, the time of crisis it said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. God was showing Israel that in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a perma crisis, when the one that you've been trusting in, King Uzziah, even when he's died, make sure you look a little higher. Lift up your eyes, because even when your earthly king is dead, thank God your heavenly king is still alive and he's still on the throne and he's high and lifted up. Seated on an eternal throne. Sometimes we've got to lift up our heads. Lift up our eyes. We've got to see the Lord. Start looking at the size of our circumstances. Start looking at the size of our God. Near the king is. I died, I saw the Lord high and exalted. Seated on a throne. And the train of his robe. Filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. What kind of God is this? The train of his robe filled the temple. When you think of a robe, maybe you think of Princess Diana. Do you remember her walking up the steps of St. Paul's on that wedding day and seeing that huge train? But in the ancient world, a train was worn by a king. It was the size of his strength, of his authority, of his victory, of his glory. The longer the robe, the more powerful he was. And here's what would happen in the ancient world. When a king went out to battle and faced another king, if he was victorious, here's what he would do. Having defeated the king, he would take the king's garment, which was highly symbolic in the ancient world, and they would cut it into pieces, and then they would take it back to their own king, and they would sew it into the robe of the king. And every time you won a victory, the length of the train of your robe would increase. And here is a God... And the train of his robe fills the temple. It's not 10 feet long. It's not 20 feet long. It is so big that our minds can't comprehend it. Why? Because he has won victory after victory after victory. He's seated on a throne. And the train of his robe fills the temple. He's mighty. He's all-powerful. He is all-victorious. And he has never Lost a battle. What does that mean? He can be trusted. Whatever crisis you're facing right now, there is nothing that is too big for God. He's still a healer. He's still a life changer. He is still a savior. The train of his robe fills the temple. And he's seated on the throne. Remember that when everything seems out of control, He is still in control. In Hebrews it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you're in a time of need, if you're in a perma crisis, if you can't break the cycles, you've got to run to his throne. Tuesday when I got that phone call, it was actually a little bit embarrassing, I'll tell you why. It's because I was driving into work, I got the phone call on the inside, I'm hurting. But I went into church and I had to speak at our Soul Circle staff meeting. I hadn't even had a chance to tell Rachel. Then we went into chapel, Rachel was speaking, so I didn't want to tell her because she's about to speak to the whole chapel of about 100 people. And then after that, We've just started a brand new initiative with Sarah's help, where we've recruited a team of 10 great pastoral care leaders, and each of them come in for two hours a day, and they sit there and be available for people who need some prayer. So the first, it was literally the first day that a couple came in. It was Viv and Dory, and my first job after chapel was to show them the room, inspire them, and set it, set it up for the great future. And guess who became the first client? (laughs) So I've just inducted them, and we've set them up. And I said, by the way, girls, can you pray for me? And they said, why? What can we pray for? I said, can you pray for my sister? And I couldn't get my words out. I just literally burst into tears. And I realized we didn't have any tissues. (laughs) So I hadn't done my job very well. And here I am, literally bawling like a baby. And those girls prayed. And the next day when I inducted the next girls, they prayed. And the next day, the other girls prayed. And the guy that advises us around mental health, his name is Big Kev. And I called Kev. I said, Kev, can you help me with my sister? She's gone into Amber. He said, you need to do this, this, this. Make sure that the community health psychiatric team, make sure they do a review of her meds. They did a review. They prescribed some diazepam, which just took the edge off her mind racing, and guess what? One week later, for the first time in 25 years, we managed to break the chain of a perma crisis. She's not in hospital today. She didn't just stabilize, she has recovered. Some of you, the enemy's told you, you're in a perma crisis. It's always gonna be like this. I wanna tell you, there's still a king on the throne, and the train of his robe fills the temple. So we can come boldly and with confidence to that throne of grace in time of need. Come on, give my wife a welcome as she comes.
3: Amen. How wonderful the power of prayer and the power of vulnerability to each other and to come alongside at the right time. I love that last scripture Steve used, that we can confidently come to the throne of grace. So the title of this message, if you haven't got it already, is Crisis, Calling, and Confidence. We can have confidence in any crisis and confidence in the one who has called us. I love that story of Isaiah 6 because then it goes on to a very powerful calling moment. I love the scripture. It also, some of you might feel because we're human, aren't we? We all have times like Steve where you, oh God, I need your help with this. We have times when you can doubt our calling, when there's disappointment and challenges happen externally. Hebrews 10.35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. You've endured for 25 years. There's a lot more years yet to come, another 25 at least. You've endured so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise, calling is connected to confidence. The will of God is connected to the promise. They go hand in hand. So if anybody, and I found as we coach many pastors and leaders over the years of 30 years of ministry with Steve and I, I found that every person needs confidence. We don't ever grow out of that. And if we can keep re-injecting a strong sense of calling into our lives, it keeps us anchored And it keeps us confident that knowing He will continue and complete what He started in our lives. So I want to share a story with you that I've shared with some of you in this church have done our Accelerate course. We teach young leaders. And also I teach women, find your voice. Your voice is a combination of who you are and what you're called to do. And I've shared this story, but I wanted to share with you this morning because I believe God is raising up individuals with a strong sense of calling. Gone are the days where it's just the people at the front. We need everyone to stand up with God. You have called me uniquely. You have designed me uniquely. I'm the only one with my experience, with my personality, with the highs and the lows. At whatever stage of life, whether you're an empty nester, whether you're a student, whether you're a business, whether you're a single mom, whatever season of life you're at, the Bible says we are saved and called. We're called with a holy calling. So I was called from a very, a very young age to love God, to preach his word. I didn't know what it was going to look like because I led worship for many years. Like Stewie here and Kimony and many others, led worship. And I'd, I wasn't sure what that would look like, but it evolved over the years. Then seven years ago, so we lived in Australia for 16, how long? 15 years. And about seven years, in fact, it's seven years ago in February, We came to a season where, like the context Steve talked about, there was a shaking. And he talked about how when Uzziah, the year that he died, Isaiah is in the presence of God. He sees the Lord and the temple, the place he's in starts to shake. Sometimes there's an external shaking that causes an internal shaking that causes the gold to rise to the surface that causes us to d- depend on him more and redefine and reclarify our calling. So there was a time of of uncertainty, unsettlement. We were working as pastors. We'd got very, very busy. I'm good at telling other people to balance their time, not so good sometimes at balancing my own. And I remember seeking God for the next season of our lives. Is it to be in Australia? Is it to be in England? Am I even called to pastor? Am I called to, what does it look like, God? And and doubting my calling. When you have a time when you're doubting, can I encourage you to get into God's presence? And that takes intentionality. And so my family were out this particular night and I canceled an appointment to meet up with someone. Out of my house, and it was a beautiful, warm, sunny evening. And I went for a walk around the park. And as I walked around the park, I'm pouring out my heart to God. And God, what about finance? What about our future? What about my girls? I have two girls one's 17, and um, one's 23 almost. Melody's leading worship, she's a worship pastor at Soul Church. She was in Australia for many years, came back six months ago. Thank you, Jesus. He heard mommy's cries. Um, no, really, I was very releasing. But I think the, yeah, the mama's heart won through. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, but I was pouring out my heart. I didn't know what it was going to look like then. And I remember, I literally felt like the Holy Spirit walking alongside me, showing me the reels. You know, reels on Instagram is like He was showing me my life. It flashed before me as I was walking. It rem- He reminded me of how everything has been leading up to this point. And He reminded me even preschool days when I would, my mum would pick me up, and she would, the teacher would say, when I was four, she was having these weird religious little meetings. And I would make everyone become Christians, you know, at four and five. And and then at at school, and I would would get like a Christian union thing happening. And I would get them all in the classroom and give them all sweets. And back in the days of the flannel graphs, the fuzzy felt things, and I would tell them the stories of Jesus. And then skipping forward, I invited them all to our youth camp where I met Steve. I was 12 and he was 13. And um, Steve got saved at that camp. My dad and my parents used to run youth camps. And, um, and, and some of my friends came and came to know Jesus and, and then skip forward a few years. I'm, we're, we're, we're serving in my parents' church with the call of God to go and to study and to go to Australia and find out how to make a significant difference, in a, not only in a city, but beyond and to learn. And then as one thing, 20s and our 30s and our 40s, and I was reminded of the highs. I was reminded of the lows. I was reminded of the seemingly insignificant and the significant, the tears and the joy. And I literally felt God say to me, Rach, my hand has been on you all this time to preach my word, to build my church. Why do you keep doubting it? Look, right from a little girl, when you sat around the table and your parents would bring pastors and leaders, I couldn't get enough of it. I would listen to every word. And throughout why are you doubting? And I remember I I, I I was reminded of this scripture, Isaiah 6, where Isaiah receives the call, who will go? There's a shaking, who will go? And he says, Woe is me, I'm undone. I can't do this. And the angel takes the coal from the altar. Isaiah 6, verse 4. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, but my eyes have seen the king. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having a live coal, which was taken from the tongs of the altar, and he touched his lips. And I heard a voice saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. God is asking from heaven today, Field Church, who will go? Who will put their hand up and say yes to the call to build His church, to the call to reach their family, to a call to reach your workplace, to reach your community, to see the kingdom of God built now more than it's ever been needed, ever in time of perma-crisis. It needs permanent people that can stand true no matter the challenge, no matter the storm. And I remember as Isaiah responded to that that challenge, his simple statement, here I am, send me. I'd got home by this time, I was crying my eyes out. We both can cry a little bit. (laughs) And, 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 And I remember kneeling on the floor in my living room and I repeated out loud, here I am, send me. And I literally felt like he was commissioning me again. He did as a young girl, but then again, as I'm getting on in years, in the 50s now, and saying to me, Rachel, it's not about role. It's not about position. It's about vocation, not location. And I will take care of your finance. I will take care of your family. I will take care of your future. And I surrendered it all. Do you know when I stood up, it was the most freeing, Feeling. Steve came in later that night. He could tell the atmosphere had changed in the home. I had to get about cooking dinner, and my my daughter Mercy, it was her birthday. The next day, I was baking a birthday cake. Life goes on, doesn't it? We have these incredible spiritual moments, and we also have to live out the natural. I knew something had changed. My colleagues could see a difference. And that encounter helped set in motion some changes that we're now living in because we said yes to the call in the middle of shaking, in the middle of crisis, will we say yes to the call of God? Your calling and your relationship with God and what's important to you will look different to mine. If you were to look back over the reels of your life, the highs and the lows, the opportunities, the connections, the people, what is it all leading to you right to right now? See, I'm passionate about building the church, loving people on and off the platform, seeing them fulfill the call of God. For you, it'll be different. For some of you, it's, it's to make a difference in a community setting. For some of you, it's in a work setting. For some of you, it's teaching. For some of you, it's to step up in this church. God is calling individuals to rise up and be the scaffolding structure, but also be some leadership in the future of this church. So you're gifting Your personality, what's important to you, is important to God. Do you know what? When you live out that calling, it's the most purpose-driven, free soul. It's just the most joy-filled, releasing place. It keeps you healthy. It keeps you well. Cecilia Muscan wrote a book called Find Your Voice. God invites us to live at the intersection of His call and our willingness to act on his invitation. That call keeps coming throughout our lives. Will you step up? Will I say yes? Will you step up? Will I say yes? Challenges were human. And as Steve said, we go through difficult times. I've had a back problem for many, many years. I worked as a physiotherapist for a lot of years. And I think a lot of lifting. I had two really tough pregnancies, a lot of back pain. I've managed to manage it over the years. And for the last two years, I actually thought I was healed. I'd had no pain. Up until a night, the beginning of August, my back completely went again. I was in a lot of pain, a lot of tears, a lot of thinking, God, my future and my ability to serve you as I get older, is this going to get worse? Is this going to hamper my ability? I had things that I had to say no to. Steve literally had to help me out of bed to get to the loo and helped to help me to change. And it got better. And then I'm the kind of person that's like, okay, let's get back into it. Anyone else like that? I know you're like the average. <laughs> like, keep going, keep going. And, I, and it got worse again. And then I was due to go on a trip to Gateway Church in America. Some good friends of ours had paid for us to fly and said, you need to be in this environment at this time. And I knew that God needed us to be there. And I remember Sarah praying for me, and I, I knew it was a time that I needed to go, but I was in so much pain. Anyway, the availability before we, we went on the flight, so i thought like, this is going to be okay. I lay across the seats, I got there, and the rest of our team were at, a, at, a, at a, another conference, and I was there resting with my friend, but I was hobbling up the stairs in her house, The next day, she said to me, Rachel, would you like to come with me to our Bible study? Um, I've got a women's Bible study, and I shared this with your pastors this week on Zoom. And I went to the Bible study, and I, I was saying hello to these amazing women, 25 women that were just influential women for the kingdom of God, beautiful women. But you know when you're on the best behavior, when you're with people you don't really know? And, um, and I'm the English pastor, and my friend's introducing me. But in the middle of it, they introduce me, and, and I talk to them and say, I'm really expecting for God to speak to me, but I've been through a terrible time of pain, and I'm ready to, I just need God. And I started to break down a bit like Steve. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I said, I'm really fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just letting you know that I might have to stand and walk around doing the Bible study because I can't sit for long. Well, the person who led it came over and prayed for me. They spoke into my life. All of the room gathered around. I think I was so overwhelmed by the fact that they were ministering to me. Never underestimate the power of praying for someone. And your voice and your word from God. And your love and your hand around the shoulder at the right time can make a massive impact. I cried and cried and cried. <laughs> but the prophetic word, I was healed from the inside out. The next day, actually later on that day, I realized I hadn't taken any painkillers for 24 hours. The next day I went out for my walk and prayed that I hadn't been able to do for a while. I could walk without I was kind of walking like this before, and I could walk, and I knew that I'd been healed. And I was able to sit in the conference. You know, sometimes, has any of you experienced a healing, and you're scared to say in case it comes back? You know, it's it's faith to believe for it, but you need faith to continue in it. When I got back and saw my physiotherapist, she couldn't believe the difference. So it wasn't just subjective. She could see objectively the difference. She said, what happened? I said, I had prayer. I rested. I rested. And I was at a conference, but I had prayer. Oh, That's interesting. Very interesting. So the key of what happened here, there was some shaking. There was a crisis. But God has used that to bring about healing. But also I felt the Spirit of God said, you needed to let go of some things inside that had built up. We'd had some things that had built up and built up, ministry and pastoring and everything that's gone on, I had to let go. So I want to encourage you in the middle of Whatever you might be going through today in crisis, maybe it's been a physical challenge. Maybe it's been a relational challenge. Maybe it's been and it has affected you deep. Can I speak a word from the Lord today that he will meet you right where you are? And he's going to heal internally, which is going to help you make your physical ability to keep strong and to be full of energy and to know Proverbs three twenty six in the Passion paraphrase, it says, "Because God is your confidence in times of crisis, keeping your heart at rest in every situation." I learned that my heart needed to be at rest. Some of you are not sleeping; your heart needs to be at rest. Some of you are thinking through every scenario. Our brains are not designed to be constantly cluttered and bombarded. Our hearts are not designed to be emotionally up and down, but he's creating permanent strength. He's creating permanent people that can rise up. Those who know their God shall be strong and they shall do mighty works, mighty exploits for him. Allow crisis to make you more Christ-like. You know, godly confidence is to confide in God. It's like a crucible. Christ is like a crucible. It brings the gold to the surface. And again, Steve and I have been having conversations this week that are going to dictate or allow doors to open for the next season of our lives because we're being very strategic about where to channel that calling and that energy. And can I encourage you to spend some time with God to see where that calling and where the direction is for your life right here, right now. And Philippians 1.6, let me encourage you with this. He who has begun a good work in you, in you, in you, in Fields Church will be faithful to complete it Until the day of Jesus Christ. That word complete takes the pressure off us. We haven't got to try and fulfill the calling. We haven't got to try and be confident. We can rest assured knowing He is the beginning and He is the end. He's the author, He's the Omega. When He hung on the cross, He said, It is finished. He holds the keys to the kingdom. You know, when you complete on a house, you get given the keys. He's saying, I'm completing the work in you, in you guys. Mark and Cindy, in you guys, Stewie and Sarah, in you guys, Mark and Colleen. I'm glad we got to meet you. I actually felt I had a word for you from Luke one forty five, particularly for you, Luke one forty five. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things you heard from the Lord. There will be a fulfillment. And I believe that you're led by the Spirit of God and you feel things first. And then together you work on the outworking of that. And you've had things in your heart that are still to be fulfilled together. And God will bring those things, that word from the Lord, bring it to pass. And our world needs mums and dads like never before, spiritual mums. You're reaching out to natural children. There's going to be many more spiritual children that will go out and will fulfill the call of God because of your love and your empowering and your belief in them. And these days are going to be multiplying, multiplying that in Jesus' name. But I believe the same for each one of you. That whatever it is that's important to you is important to God. And hear what God started 25 years ago. He will continue and He will complete. And I want to encourage you today, like I say to myself with absolute conviction, I know I'm called by God. I'm born for greatness. Circumstances may change. I may change. But God and His call on my life does not change. When my soul is frustrated, I will remind myself I am called by God. Every detail of my life is working together for good. I'll say to myself, no matter what, I'll never give up. Whatever comes my way, I'll stand. If I don't succeed, I'll try again. If I'm criticized, I'll rise above it. If I get opportunity, I'll say yes and step into it with His enabling. If I don't, I won't take it personally, but I'll continue to trust, continue to prepare, continue to be resilient. I'll continue to step up and I'll continue to move forward in God's will for my life. So heaven is saying, who will go? Who will go? Who will say yes? Who will say, here I am, send me? Could we invite the team to come up? I want to pray over some of you. Steve and I were talking about a time when he felt commissioned again to step out. And I want him to come and share this story about who will say yes to the call.
4: Yeah, so just as the team come, I remember when I was 15 years of age, And I was in a hired school hall just like this. And I was stood near the back, just a little cheeky little teenager. And a guy got up and I remember thinking, he's got a really bald head. And his name was Gary. And he shared a story that absolutely hit my heart and changed me forever. And the story was very powerful. It was of... A train in Wales and it was traveling across the top of a mountain. But what happened was the train got derailed and came crashing down the side of the mountain. And people were flung out of that train. And when the emergency services arrived at the scene, there were people that were broken and bloodied. I mean, it was a mess. And there was one back to the times. Some of you may even remember these when doctors carried briefcases with all their instruments. And this doctor, he'd been injured, he'd been hit on the head and concussed. He was slightly confused, but he was walking up and down, seeing all of these people broken and bloodied, and he wanted to help them, but he'd lost his bag. And he kept saying over and over, Where are my instruments? Where are my instruments? Because if he'd had his instruments, he could have helped the broken. He could have brought healing to them. I wonder how many times God looks at our world in a perma crisis He says, Where are my instruments? Where are the ones that will tell their neighbors? Where are the ones that will go into schools? Where are the ones that will go into their workplaces? Where are my instruments? And when I heard that story, I made a decision in my heart. I said, God, I will, for the rest of my life, I will go anywhere. I will do anything for you. I'll be an instrument. It changed my life forever. Back to you.
3: Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence here right now. Can we all stand together? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would permeate every heart, every body, every mind. Right now, stir our hearts to respond to you and say, Yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. I believe there's some of you that are going through, have been through, and you're still experiencing the residue of a crisis. Maybe you're in one right now, and we would love to pray for you. But those of you that experience a crisis right now, could you could you raise your hand? You can relate to what I'm talking about. Come on, put your hand up. Yes, there's quite a few of you. If you've got if you've got your hand up, would you mind coming to the front? Come out to the front. Someone come with you. Step alongside them, because we want to pray for you and come alongside. You raised your hand. If Someone saw you. Yes, good. Pastor Richard is saying the prayer team also can come and assist us as we pray for those. So those of you that are going through crisis, come forward right now. And I believe right here and right now, God is going to come alongside in His peace, the way He did with Steve when Viv and Dory prayed for him. He's gonna come alongside like the women at the Bible study did and prayed for me. So right now, if you're here and you're going through a crisis, just raise your hands to receive, as I did when I received. And right now, whoever's in the prayer team, if you could come alongside and put your hand on their shoulder, come alongside. Right now, the Bible says if we agree concerning anything, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. And right now, God of the impossible, we thank You, Lord, for a breakthrough. We thank You that by Your stripes, we are healed. We thank You, Lord, that You will perfect that which concerns them. We thank You that even in crisis, You are turning this around for good. Oh, in Jesus' name. Come on, you pray out loud. If you're standing there receiving prayer, you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in me. And those of you that are in the congregation, you start to pray as well. You start to pray for those here also pray for those that you know that need to hear from God right now. He sees every tear. He sees every heart. He understands every silent prayer. He understands every cry. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the peace of God, for the peace of God, for the peace of God. Thank you for your healing touch. Thank you for your healing power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. to know you may be at the front but you may be in the congregation and God has stirred up your heart there's a scripture in Timothy that talks about stirring up the gift that is within and I believe there are those of you that are younger, those of you that are older, it's a new season for you and you need to step up and say here I am send me, i like You felt you didn't have what it takes. And you've questioned the call. And you've questioned finance. And you've questioned ability. And you've questioned timing. You might be on the platform. You might be in the congregation. You might be at the front. But you want to say, here I am. I say, yes, send me. If that's you, I want you to raise both hands right now. Both hands. You're saying yes to the call, so many of you. So many of you, both hands both hands if you're saying yes can you also step out of your seat step out of your seat it's one thing to raise your hand come on step out of your seat step out of your seat come forward right now saying yes to the call those of you that are already here I partner with you I partner with you heaven's partnering with you I'm partnering with you right now as you say yes as you say yes everyone with hands raised we're partnering together Heaven is partnering with you. He will open doors that no man can shut. He will give you opportunity. As you're saying, yes, Lord, I will go. Yes, Lord, I will lead that group. Yes, Lord, I will step up in that team. Yes, Lord, I will fulfill your call on my life. Yes, in the middle of crisis, this is going to make be the making of me. This is fulfilling calling. I will step out with boldness. I will not hesitate. I will not self-doubt. In Jesus' name, I say yes to your calling. Yes to your way. In Jesus' name. If the team can lead us in a worship song that declares that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Lift our hands to heaven as we sing yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Today, God, I say yes to the call. No matter what comes my way, I will be strong. I will follow you. I will help those around me to say yes to you. I will not shrink back. I will speak of your love. I will speak of your faith. you have started the good work in me, you will complete it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' you've been releasing and i know your heart is to release the next generation there's going to be men and women that are here today that will rise up and will say yes i can stand in that gap yes i will say yes i will say yes everyone is needed and together we're a strong and mighty army and i speak blessing over your future fields church and over all god has yet to do but just in these closing moments. I want to close the service before I hand back to Pastor Richard. If there's anyone here that hasn't yet said yes to the primary calling, the primary calling is saying yes to Jesus. Yes to the one who died, who gave his life for you. Yes to the one who sees you, he created you for purpose. We don't find true purpose until we say yes to Jesus and knowing him. The Bible says I am the way, Jesus said. I am the truth. I am the meaning. I am the life. No man or woman or child can come to God except through me. Jesus points us to the Father, but He's saying today, come to me. Come to me. I want to show you the way, direction, life, meaning, purpose. Come alongside in crisis. Be the one to give you meaning and purpose and a hope beyond the grave. Could I ask that every eye be closed and every head bowed to give you privacy. If you're saying yes to Jesus, you wanna invite him into your heart and life to forgive you of your past, forgive you of your sin, that which Jesus died for, and you're saying yes to him. You're saying yes to a future of serving him. Yes to a hope beyond the grave. You might not understand it all, you might not be sure of it all, but He understands you and He gets you, and He's saying, with open arms, come to me. Or maybe you've once served God, but you've walked away and you're here this morning and you've come back. Or maybe you've come for a while, but you're cold in your heart. Your experience with God, like you've heard Steve and I talking about, is not as close as it once was. And maybe you're gonna come back into right relationship. If that's you, either for the first time, or you're coming back today, I would love to know. And I'm not gonna step you out of seat. I'm gonna pray for you right there with every head bowed. Just stick your hand up after three. If that's you and you need to respond to Jesus today, it would be my greatest privilege to pray for us all before we move on. After three, one, today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, you know it's your place. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on, you know you need to get right with God. That's it. Can we applaud those that have said yes to Jesus? So right now, if you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer after me and everyone, let's join together as a big church family. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. Today I choose you. I say yes, please forgive me of my sin, for going my way, for going off course. Today I come to you. Today I come back to you. Take me as I am. Help me to follow you with the help of your Holy Spirit for the rest of my days. I'm a child of God. Nothing will ever change it. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we applaud each one who've responded? Yes, of you who responded. Um, our pastor will give you, um, Pastor Richard or Esther will give some direction at the end, but I would love to say hello to you. Come and say hi. Um, But lots of love from us to you today. Go from strength to strength. Over to you, Pastor.
2: Oh, thank you, uh, Steve and Rachel, for a wonderful message. We just had church, haven't we? That's what church is about, is ministering to people. Um, If um, the the, the parents can pick their children up from the children's ministry uh, out here. If you could come round the... Not yet. Okay. All right. Not yet. Okay. All right. Just take your seats for a moment thank you for an incredible message uh, Steve and Rachel